should we warm up build up some energy try to <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> one two red leather face yellow leather face 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 yeah that one was like intense we gotta build energy up yeah yeah i'm at like it's fitting toby hooper so i'm like yeah because his name is hooper so i was trying to make a basketball joke i don't know <laughs> All right, you ready? Haunt me. <laughs> I was gonna add a daddy to the end, but then we made eye contact, so I thought that'd be weird. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Matt Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> it like nailed it. I was feeling it and everything. Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> you know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no- nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie. So what we watch this week, Zach? Poltergeist. Yes, Toby Hooper's, maybe Toby Hooper's classic. Uh, (laughs) What'd you think, Zach? You didn't tell me that we were going to watch a Disney movie. (laughs) Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It was good. Okay. Because... Since I know it's one of the most iconic spooky yeah. ghost movies of all time, and it's our podcast icon, for those of you who don't know, it's Poltergeist TV. Yes. So I was expecting something really spooky, but then it was like a charming family and heart heartwarming, wholesome <laughs> shots and stuff. He's got its scary moments, I think. Some pretty intense stuff. I mean, like, Coraline was spookier than that. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah so i was expecting like yeah. something worse but then i got a wholesome nice little movie so so you re- you went in pretty pretty blind on this one again. All, I, all i knew was the tv <laughs> that's it okay <laughs> i didn't know mr incredible was in it <laughs> yeah yeah craig nelson <laughs> he maybe ate a person on grace and frankie that's uh, <laughs> one of my favorite running bits on that show. <laughs> I miss those old heartwarming movies that were funny and serious and also heartwarming with like Well, it's it's from a time when like movies for kids and for families could also just be like really dark. Yeah. Without being like without being like edgelordy. Like yeah. Yeah, because I feel like movies now are just only serious. Yeah. Well, that's why like um, Shazam was so refreshing to me this yeah. year was the dark stuff was really dark. Yeah. But it was still like a movie I wouldn't feel bad about showing like my eight year old brother in law. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what I was thinking this whole time, because I was imagining a movie. If I watched it as a kid, it would scar me. 
but I feel like I would have just enjoyed it as a kid. I mean, probably like some of the imagery would have like scarred me, but it would have been a movie I liked, I think, as a kid. Yeah, because I Coraline's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And I watched that as a kid. Well, it, it does remind me of like what Neil Gaiman says about Coraline, where he's like, only adults think that movie's scary. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know he said that. Yeah. That's the perfect description. Yeah. He's like, no. Every parent has come up to me and been like, that movie is upsetting. And every kid is like, it's my favorite. I watch it every Tuesday. Like <laughs> That is amazing. I, I literally argued with this again with a coworker because she was like, oh, Coraline's way too scary for my kid. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's amazing. Not if you don't tell them it's scary. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like I remember watching Power Rangers as a kid and like one of my answer uncles came in and was like, what the fuck is that thing to like one of the monsters? And I was like, I don't know. It's like a big lava thing that wants to kill them all. And they were like, and you're okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with it. The power Rangers are going to win. Like, <laughs> Why would this upset me? Yeah, exactly. But then it's, you know, Oh, but do you want to watch such and such a movie? Nah, it's too scary. I won't watch it. Like, <laughs> so I, yeah, I felt like, it was a movie that I would have enjoyed yeah. watching as a kid rather than being scarred by it. Because I was expecting that this sort of movie, movie. only PG. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's but, time before PG-13. Yeah, and to me, just like I said, just knowing it's iconic horror, I was expecting the worst scariness. Right, right. But I, get, I think people, it's nice. these movies get like weird reputations. That's what I'm finding. Yeah. I'm enjoying all of these. Yeah. They're all, this movie specifically is like a fun movie. Yeah. Like Steven Spielberg co-wrote it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which <laughs> is what I should have expected since it's Steven Spielberg. Right. Because even Jaws is fun. Yeah. Jaws is way scarier than this movie. I saw this movie when I was about 15. It's one of like the few like I know I'm always like I didn't really like horror. Hmm. It was one of them I watched because uh, my sister and um, our cousin were watching it. So I watched it with them. And I really liked it. But the thing that stuck out the most was when my sister got up to pee and my cousin hit outside and tear and, and scared the shit out of her. Because <laughs> he like was like, oh, I have to also. And then came back in the room and was like, don't tell her I'm going outside. Waited outside the window that her chair was next to and then went right on it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like that's a theme with people who love horror. Like when Tim was on, he was saying how his dad right. scared him and that's like one of the best memories see no one scared me with horror movies because they all knew i was too afraid and like felt bad at the time i think yeah <laughs> i grew up with my dad jumping around corners and everything oh fun so it's been my whole life i would have done like a wilhelm scream and just like fallen over if somebody did that to me <laughs> which there was one of those in yes this movie. of course and spielberg yeah steve yeah. Throw it in there. Put it in, Steve. Put it in. I got it in all mine. <laughs> all three. Do it. You know what? Throw 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 my pajama sheets in there too. Yeah. My my bed sheets. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah, free advertising. Do it, Steve. But don't talk about life forces. <laughs> that's my thing, Steve. Don't oh, do oh, it. Oh damn it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> See in the quote. There's no death. There's only the force. Damn it, Steve. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm slowly just turning into Ray Romano every time. Aw, <laughs> oh, come on. Aw, oh, Steve. 
And then that's just like a stone's throw away from just turning into Kermit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, may the force be with you. Ah. <laughs> so let's get in the movie. <laughs> now that that's out of the way. <laughs> I, I, I called it last week. I said there's going to be a lot of George yeah. Lucas. Yeah, the second I said Spielberg produced this, you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's what it let's is. Let's warm be. up those vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, this movie opens with uh, the national anthem. <laughs> Which right away I was like, is this like a title card? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a fun opening considering how much TV plays into it. And I just like this movie a lot. Because then we meet the family and they're all just like delightful. I think that's why I loved it because I freaking love Disney Channel movies and just wholesome content. Yeah, this was like if if a Disney Channel movie was made by like, you know, a cinematic master yeah. Yeah, with like the best actors possible. Yeah. And it was just like a really charming family yeah. that you like all of them right away. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson is great. Mr. Incredible. Yeah. How can Coach. you Coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Incredible, Mojo, Jojo. Horror is filled with cartoons. Yep. And it's great. Love it. And uh, the little rascal Bluto. <laughs> Construction <laughs> worker. <laughs> Sipping coffee through the yeah. window. Yeah, oh, that's great because they're having the pool put in in the back, mm-hmm. so they're just there every day. So they just know them. Oh wait, no, we forgot. It opens with the best boy. Oh yeah, it opens on a dog. Yeah, a little golden retriever going around sniffing, eating snacks. Yeah, the best opening ever. Yeah, this was way better than the things opening because that had me worried for the boy. This was just see, like this uh-huh. movie very much plays by screenplay rules of like if there's a dog we need to see that the dog is good and that the dog is safe so that we know they're good people. Yeah, even <laughs> it's got, a guy. It's a nice shorthand. Yeah, and like he even like rolled over the teenage girl to eat the potato chips. <laughs> that was chips. pretty great. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, delightful. <laughs> so, that, I think that's like the subtitle of this movie. Delightful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though it's like ghosts trying to. Right, delightful. Yeah. Also terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think probably Beetlejuice is pretty close in tone. Mm, I think Beetlejuice is a little sillier. This movie's mm. not like silly, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, Be- Beetlejuice has a little bit more like intentional, like high camp. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, more of the sense of like you just like everybody. Yeah, you just time. like everybody. It's a good time. Yeah, it's dealing with like sad afterlife stuff. But yeah, this it was it took it took the afterlife a little more seriously. Yeah, than yeah I guess that's did. yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it. But yeah, we meet the whole family. They're all pretty fun. We get to watch them duel with the the shitty neighbors over the the TV. <laughs> oh yeah, that's which right. is still. I'm just like, why don't you guys just not use your remotes? <laughs> like, I found that no one has to move their TV. I found the solution. <laughs> <laughs> and before then, it introduced it by a wide shot of this nice little friendly neighborhood with a guy riding his bike and like (laughs) a case of beer and like kids playing with race cars and like i said i was expecting something very spooky and scary and like steven spielberg sounding music playing i i I love so shocked i love the score of this movie by jerry goldsmith i think it's great this is the first horror movie where i'm not like put sense in there don't do anything <laughs> this was like oh yeah i liked it i liked it this fits good stuff yeah. <laughs> and then as we start to move on we see the youngest daughter uh carol ann being creepy 
because that's what kids do best. Mm-hmm. Talking to the TV. And then there's an earthquake and a light comes out of it and it's real cool. <laughs> and uh, the other kid is scared of the tree. Yes. And the little clown. Okay. Who the fuck bought those kids that clown? <laughs> what monster was like, <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Your kids don't need to sleep, right? Happy birthday. <laughs> Not only is it a clown, but it's a like a doll clown and a clown that has very long limbs. Yeah, its fingers are its hands are bigger than mine and I have big <laughs> hands. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. And it's in uh, a rock like a little yeah. old wooden chair yeah. which adds to the creepiness. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly just there because Toby Hooper went, "No, no." trust me (laughs) we're we're gonna get some kids with this one yeah yeah and they did because i'm still terrified of it i am by the way i'm terrified of clowns (laughs) so you're very excited to watch our it episode right all versions but like i'm terrified of them but like fascinated by them (laughs) and horror movies are my safe space Uh so i like to get scared by clowns and horror movies (laughs) it's why killer clowns from outer space is one of my favorites clowns have never really did anything for me no and i feel like that was the only really scary thing about this movie and since clowns don't do anything for me i there wasn't really anything for me to be all right "Ah." all right (laughs) yeah but uh yeah and then spooky stuff starts happening all over the house they find out that that one chair just slides across the room i think it would have frustrated me if the parents didn't jump along with the whole paranormal stuff as quick as they did because they just accepted it and which is nice because i I like that they have two different versions of accepting it yeah yeah one is no no i accept that this is happening but this is fucked up. And one is like, wow, isn't this... Can you believe it? Yeah. Like, and both are like appropriate reactions. Yeah. She found out if you put a chair in one spot, it slides across the kitchen. And she, when the husband comes in, Mr. Incredible, she's like, oh, try it. Like, hop yeah, on. And yeah. like, it's it fun. It feels so weird and I like it. And, and it's he's, great. And he's just like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah and uh what you also find out the dad is like uh they're in like an arrested development situation yeah basically this was i mean this was 1982 it's like the real big start of like like the the suburbs were like a thing but now it becomes like the prefurbished condominium suburbs like we see in this movie i really like the way this movie is trying to deal with this mm. In that it's like, yeah, this place is like cool and idyllic, but the movie doesn't hesitate to say like, oh, it's going to be so ugly when they have to cut into the mountains to build these houses. Yeah. Oh, there's this weird undercurrent of like darkness to the suburbs that no one wants to talk about, but it's there. Yeah. You're literally paving over graves. Right. To build all these houses. Yeah. You are. You are trampling over the people that came before you. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think that's that's a really interesting thing in the same way that like Halloween is like, oh, well, the suburbs can't protect you. This movie kind of does deals with a lot of the same themes. Yeah. Then uh, a nightmare happens <laughs> when the tree that the little boy is afraid of breaks into their room and tries to eat him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had kind of blocked that out, I guess. It's been a few years since I watched this. And I was like, 
oh, I thought it just broke the window and like kind of pulled him out. I forgot it like grows a mouth and tries to eat him. Yeah, I think that's why I was enjoying it as more of a whimsical type of movie yeah. too, because it's a tree trying to eat him, and it was practical yeah. puppetry and stuff. Yeah, so. it looks amazing. Yeah, and but that gives off the vibe of like, oh, this is like an adventure sort of thing. Yeah, it it's just fun, yeah. but also like really upsetting, like thinking about that happening to a kid, and also. What a way for him to find out that he's the favorite because they just abandoned his sister. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing was happening to her. Yeah. Because he was the one actively getting eaten by a That's tree. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but multiple times they're like, well, I mean, we got to save him. Take my hand, right? <laughs> yeah. um, before that, too, when the little girl's hung in the tree and like the smoky like hand kind of comes out. Oh, yeah, I, I really like that. Because yeah. the way it moves and stuff remind me of Disney animation and everything. Yeah. I really yeah, like that. Because this movie like wants you to know that these things are menacing, but also wants you to have a good time. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like that's <laughs> been like all the movies that we watched. Yeah, this is a roller coaster. Yeah. It's like it's it's the best roller coaster. It's Steven Spielberg made a roller coaster. <laughs> but yeah, and then they saved the little boy from Jimmy. Yeah, and it's it's a great scene love the effects in that and then their daughter is just gone mm-hmm. we've seen her get sucked into the closet but they are just freaking out um they're so good in this movie deborah joe rep and uh, craig t nelson as just just distraught the entire time when after that and it cuts to him talking to the paranormal investigators and just his eyes are yeah. dark and he did an amazing job of playing the just destroyed just father. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Just look, it's been a week. Okay, guys. Yeah. I have not slept in a week. I have not gone to work. I don't really eat anymore. I just want my kid back. My daughter got sucked into a closet and now she talks through TVs. Yeah. Like. Oh, and then when the paranormal investigators are there, one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when he's the paranormal investigators tell him like yeah you know i mean i've seen some shit over the course of seven hours i watched a toy truck move three inches it's really hard to see but i got it on camera and we sped it up you can totally see it and he goes oh great opens a door and the room is flying in a circle like wizard of oz the bed is spinning in a circle with a clown just sitting on the edge (laughs) that was amazing yeah i think yeah that I wasn't expecting all these jokes and everything too. Yeah, there's well, so many the, good the goal jokes. Was just a good time. But yeah. it's a little spooky. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. But the paranormal investigators get there. They start. They kind of try to debunk it, but pretty immediately they're just like, well, "I mean, it, it's real, right? Like, <laughs> we can't." Uh, I went and checked the base. Like, I think one of them says, "Like, I checked the basement. There's no magnets down there. There's nothing." Yeah. Like, I made sure no one went with me. Like, yeah, this is real. Well, I mean, the whole time, literally after that scene where they open the door, it cuts to them sitting at a table and she's like, well, we're not sure if your house is actually haunted. And then the coffee pot moves from across the table. (laughs) Yeah. Like she has to like, I I legally have to say this, but uh... (laughs) looks like some poltergeist guy. Yeah. (laughs) Roll credits. Yes. Um, also here on Matt makes Zach watch horror movies. Another segment that we kind of subconsciously do is 
whoever has big glasses is now Bob. Yes. Bobby Shorts, uh, Discount Bob. Uh, we have, Bob, we have Bob. two potential Bobs in this yeah, movie. Yeah, we have two Bobs. This has never <laughs> happened before. Three if you count uh, Zelda Rubenstein at the end. <laughs> yeah. Because um, Mr. Incredible had Bob glasses when he was in, but he only had them when he was in bed. So he was bedtime, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> You've really put some thought into this, and I love it. <laughs> that, that was just off the top. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just in Bobby mode all the time. <laughs> um, so Martin, what Bobby is he? That was bitch boy Bobby. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, he, he, he had none of it. He bounced. I, he kind of had the only other, like, my favorite sequence in this movie, probably the only other like truly the Indiana moment. Jones moment. Yeah, it's great when uh, everything about that sequence plays out so well from like, oh, I'm just going to get some food and like he's so casual. Mm-hmm. But like it the way it's shot because it's they don't turn on any lights, but the within the movie, but the way the, the lighting is done, it almost feels like it has a spotlight on each thing he's going to grab and do. Mm. so that you are focused only on those things yeah which which is very hooper uh there's a movie he did right before this that you have not seen yet but i'm gonna find a way to work it in called the fun house that kind of uses a little bit of that kind of lighting mm. and this is him doing that but with like a budget <laughs> but like the way it almost like highlights like these little things like fridge counter steak mm. chicken and then each one of those things like pays off yeah yeah because the steak started like growing tumors <laughs> growing and then the whatever he had in his mouth like maggots yeah and then he runs to the bathroom and just starts tearing all of his skin off yeah yeah no yeah definitely he's just a bitch right <laughs> yeah. yeah he was <laughs> um but i love that sequence fun fact uh the hands tearing away at the face steven spielberg hands really yeah because they wanted it shot in a particular way and he was like i can do it right what was it uh what was his name tom savini didn't he do that with uh friday 13th when he yeah multiple things in friday the yeah 13th. where he was like yeah. okay no just let me do it yeah i, know I got it. it yeah that's cool <laughs> i think too also because it was such a good time and just like more of a whimsical movie when it cut back to the mirror and it's a clearly prosthetic head and he starts yeah. tearing away with it I was, and then like there's a skull built uh, below it and like blood and everything yeah suspension of disbelief wasn't broken just because the tone cool. of this movie was like oh neat yeah 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 it was just Although, cool i will say effects. like if i had seen this movie as a kid that would be the scene that i'd be like oh, i have to leave the room bye yeah <laughs> well i mean as a kid watching like star wars episode three and watching anakin burn to a crisp oh yeah that that scene got me <laughs> for me it was uh the sandworms and beetlejuice as a kid oh, yeah. i loved beetlejuice but for and for years i thought the sandworm was a way bigger part of the movie because it, it would be get to the part where the sandworm was going to come out and be like oh i gotta go and i'd like leave for five minutes yeah i'd be like oh, call me when it's over and then they'd forget to like call me back <laughs> into the room you know because everyone's watching the movie yeah so for years i was like yeah the sandworms are like a big part of that movie right <laughs> <laughs> i think for me when that 
scene came on in episode three, I just looked away until it was yeah. over. <laughs> when he'd stop screaming, oh, I hate you. Yeah, were you more upset by the sheer terror of watching a man burn or Hayden Christensen? <laughs> watching a man burn because growing up with those movies, they were the best shit ever. <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like, Hayden Christensen guy's kind of weak sauce. <laughs> but also remember, I was eight younger it was a way smaller no, kid know, at that I point trust me i loved jake lloyd as a child so i was just like "Ooh, lightsabers yeah pretty yeah. much that's how uh, i feel now very true oh yeah and then before that scene uh when they're still like skeptical bitch boy bobby comes running back down the stairs and he's like you guys i think i got like bit by a ghost uh, guys we need to start calling this a haunting no he he was still skeptical because he was like it's their job he's like yeah he's, I he's don't the know one that he's so the real. one that says like i went and like checked in the basement i didn't see anything yeah but... he was the one who kept checking everything yeah but i was like you got bit by I a think ghost that's why though like everything goes after him in movie logic he he is the the doubter and the doubter has to be punished you yeah. know yeah and you know he leaves because he's a bitch boy Bobby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, Craig T. Nelson's, uh, I'm sorry, bedtime Bobby. Bedtime his, Bobby. His uh, boss comes into comes to check on him because he's been out for like two weeks with the flu. Um, and he's showing him like, well, we don't want to lose you. I'm afraid you're you're thinking about quitting is what this actually is. So we want to give you the new house right up here. We're going to start building. And I, I love this shot because it just looks like a fence on this beautiful hill with yeah. a great view. And then it just slowly pulls back and it's a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, no, we relocate them. We we get approval from their families and we already own the land. And we did it once. You know, where your house is used to be a used to be a graveyard graveyard. And then he just goes, I'm too high uh, for this shit. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too high for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and because I think he literally was just like, all right, whatever, and then just went back. Yeah, he's like, well, that explains a lot. Bye. <laughs> but then after Bitch Boy Bobby leaves, uh, they call in the big guns. Bring in Zelda Rubenstein. I forget her character name. I love her in this movie so much. Literally, the second I saw her, for anybody who watches Gravity Falls, I was just like, oh, Gideon, little Gideon, he's that character is totally based off of this character is it? that's awesome yeah it's like literally the second i saw her i was instantly it clicked because i've never seen it so i didn't know and gravity falls is because alex hirsch is amazing and he puts like all kinds of references there anything because gravity falls is like a love letter to so many things it's awesome and the second i saw it because little gideon is the the country accent and like <laughs> big glasses big hair like he's short total totally based off of this character and the second i saw it i was like oh my god yes well yeah i mean this movie is where like the 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 spiritualist goes from being kind of because because i mean they were like these big showmen and stuff in pop culture to now still like every single person has to be i am calm and soft-spoken and i'm just here to help you yeah Ah, i love her in this movie yeah she's so good (laughs) but she's also kind of like everyone else is in a horror movie and she's like 
fuck that i'm in an action movie everything about it like they shoot her at low angles and she has great one-liners that's right <laughs> yeah like the whole time when she's trying to get them to do stuff and everything she's like throw me the ball <laughs> get to the chopper <laughs> get to the chopper <laughs> <laughs> hasta la vista i'll be back <laughs> <laughs> i would 100 like these deep fake videos going around just her edit edit her into predator and terminator please <laughs> please someone do it if you don't do it i'll do it <laughs> i gotta edit these podcasts like don't make me spend more time on this <laughs> what what was the other thing that we saw that was like oh that's something else was an homage oh Stranger Things oh like everything in this movie yeah, yeah. ever ever the the movie that w- in season one that Will is trapped in if they're all because you know the kids are trapped in a Spielberg movie Will is trapped in Poltergeist <laughs> and um the teenagers are trapped in Halloween <laughs> that's a perfect yeah that's perfect especially now that I've seen these movies yeah like oh yeah it's E T Poltergeist and Halloween yeah yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love Stranger Things. So. Stranger Things is so good. <laughs> also, while we were watching it, I made you proud. Oh, yes. Zach is learning. I'm learning. He was like, I don't know. That kind of reminds me of uh, Wes Craven. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I know things now. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the scene where he started like tearing his face off. And I forget what you said. I think you said like, Oh, that's Toby Hooper. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this is why you hired yeah. Toby Hooper. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. That feels like some Wes Craven shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've worried. never been prouder of you, Zach. <laughs> I was there when you got married. I've still never been prouder of you. <laughs> You're the one who married us. <laughs> well, I hope I, on this journey, I make all the horror buffs out there proud. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then they um, accidentally pull a giant ghost face out of a closet. Ghost and it's pretty cool and it's real scary but yeah. then uh the mom goes into the closet and gets their daughter out safely yeah finally and then uh we thought the movie was over or i thought the movie was over oh, i love that this movie just keeps going because mm-hmm. even by then like there were certain established rules that this was kind of the first one to break mm. as it is with a lot of these movies we've watched since we've leaned a little harder on the older ones yeah think like oh this is the happy ending and then it just keeps going and it's like mm-hmm. Why would that solve all of the problems? Yeah. Then it cuts to them like moving out and Mr. Incredible's like, oh, I just got to go to the office. I'll be back. And then you can tell something's going to happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like taking their time being in the house still. He's a, what does he say? Like, I'm going to go show my boss where hell is because he won't take my, no, no for an he, answer. Um, <laughs> he's like, well, uh, he won't really take go to hell as an answer yeah and she's like well, what are you gonna do and he's like give him directions i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the two youngest kids go to bed the do- oldest daughter goes out on a date you know sorry we haven't talked about her a lot she's great in this movie mm. very funny um <laughs> great joke when the mom's like yeah your dad wants us tomorrow night to stay at uh the the holiday inn out off the five or whatever and she goes oh yeah i remember that holiday inn she goes what are you talking about we never stayed there i just mean i know where it is <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh <laughs> but she's also like a teenager so it's like hey. yeah yeah hey. <laughs> but she's also like 
hardly in this movie because she just yeah. bounces whenever she's spooky the only shit happens. smart fucking person in this movie oh no we forgot to talk about the best scene when oh. spooky shit's going on so they send their their son away yeah but the dog just goes with him well it cuts it it was literally like a like a quick shot just to a taxi cab and the little boy just walks with his little suitcase gets in looks behind gets in the taxi and then the dog does the exact same thing i love that the dog has the exact same take look back <laughs> reluctantly enter the taxi that everything about that is magic it was so good but yeah so you have a false sense of oh everything's finished yeah. everything's done cool and then uh that clown disappears yeah the other great part of this movie uh my other favorite scene again it's just toby hooper like just being like oh i know what to do like at this point he's made texas chainsaw funhouse and uh salem's lot so he's already like horror master toby hooper Mm -hmm. and he's just like yeah now here's where i show you why i've earned that title Mm -hmm. because the other stuff is like shocking and like gory yeah and this is just like no i can just scare you (laughs) you like clowns yeah it does such a good job because still i've seen this movie like three times it gets me every time when he looks under the bed pulls up the blanket and then goes huh and then the hand just grabs him yeah and it's so good yeah oh i love this movie (laughs) that was um one thing i was thinking about because as we've discussed before my issues with uh from dusk till dawn the first half felt like a tarantino movie the second half felt like a robert rodriguez movie point of the movie (laughs) yes but i was really enjoying the first half being a quentin tarantino movie and then wanted that to keep going so when it transitioned i was like i don't want to watch this anymore I was a li- little worried about that happening with this because the beginning was very Spielberg and I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. I hope like it doesn't turn into a just horror movie like in the middle, but there's a good balance between so yeah. I could just be happy the whole time. Yeah. You still like them all. They're all still pretty funny. Yeah. Like You're just here to have a good time. Yeah. It didn't just flip the switch out of nowhere, Yeah, which I like. But uh, then the mom is over trapped in her room like experiencing Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Two years before, though, so... Oh, oh, this came before. That's right. Yeah. Because it was the same, like, spinning room thing, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I assume nobody almost died from this one. No, no, everyone was fine. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, no one got hurt. Mm-hmm. I feel like Spielberg wouldn't let that happen. No, so. no. This movie had a budget and a studio, <laughs> so those things help. Yeah. But uh, she winds up outside trapped in the pool. Well, the empty mud hole for the pool. And then corpses just start floating up mm-hmm. out of the water. Didn't she uh, scream at that giant spooky ghost thing first? Oh, yeah. She tries to get in the room to save her kids. The ghost literally knocks her out of the house, throws her down the stairs. She's running, trying to get the neighbors. And then she falls in the pool. And yeah. then the corpses. Yeah. Which she kept falling back in. And like trying to get out and I was waiting for the corpses to like grab her or something, but they just kind of floated towards her. So I was like, wait, couldn't you just like, uh, still gross, still real weird. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Uh huh. What do you think was cheaper in 1982? A real, a real, a real skeleton. skeleton or a fake a skeleton. skeleton? Yeah. We had this conversation for oh, uh, Texas Chainsaw oh, as well. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> this time they didn't know though. 
Apparently they, they, they just real. bought it from like um, a medical supply company mm. and it didn't say human remains. So they were, so they like literally like made up these human skeletons <laughs> and then found out after the fact, like, Oh yeah. If you ordered from them, they just send you skeletons. Mm-hmm. And they were like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this wasn't a movie. The curse was just real the whole time. <laughs> well, that seems on special effects. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, and then she finally gets helped out by the neighbor who then sucks and just leaves. Cause that dude's terrible. Yeah. Wouldn't just change the channel without his remote. Clearly he's a monster. I mean, he did value Mr. Rogers over football. So I get it. <laughs> he's making good choices although you're a sports sports boy now right <laughs> you go to one soccer game <laughs> yeah football sports boy <laughs> for those of you who don't know us personally which is oh sorry yeah. most people <laughs> neither of us have ever been into sports no, our whole lives no <laughs> and i went to one soccer game it was fun but I'm not a sports boy. Sports are fun to go watch, but yeah. I'm not going to watch them at home probably. Yeah, we're going to uh, watch horror. This is why it's a horror movie podcast, not a sports boy yeah, podcast. Yeah. What about a sports horror movie podcast? There's got to be one. There's there's got to be like a sports based horror movie. Oh, I'm sure there's a whole subgenre. I'm sure you could make a podcast on jocks in horror. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of '80s horror movies that are about like gyms because those were like a new thing so that counts right that's a sport sure. <laughs> kind of <laughs> i like how we're like even debate wait is that a that's a sport I, like, crossfit's kind of a sport uh <laughs> yoga's a sport <laughs> can you compete at those <laughs> yoga is yoga an tweet Olympic us, guys. sport? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, tweet us. Well, weightlifting is an Olympic sport, so I guess it's a sport, right? So sprinting. Getting swole. Yeah. Everybody runs in these movies. There I guess we're sports boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watch people run all the time. Yeah, sports boys, the podcast. <laughs> I like the football. That's going on a t-shirt. I like the footballs, sports boys. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so poltergeist oh yeah the real bodies oh she finally gets in manages to get through the door the closet has turned into what looks like a throat mm-hmm. oh after she gets past my favorite creature in the movie which is the big skeleton thing i love it yeah that, that effect is great because you know it was just somebody with a cool puppet and they yeah. superimposed it it uh it, it looked very tim burton-esque yeah I love it. Which I, I took a peek. That's what you drew. Yes. For yes the drawing. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite creature. <laughs> um, Could have gone clown, but uh, yeah, everybody does the clown. <laughs> I'm not like the other girls. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not like the other sports boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she saves the kids. They get out of the house. The, the dad sees all the corpses coming up and he's just pulled up with his boss who is out to dinner with. And he says, that's what it is, isn't it? You moved the headstones, but you didn't move the corpses. Lies, lies. And the boss is like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it sequels, but I believe they do this. When the boss says, it's not like it's a tribal burial ground. Mm. as if to well i mean he he's an old white racist piece of shit and this movie is calling it out by being yeah. like no anywhere can be haunted yeah by making it just a a standard 
quote unquote standard graveyard. Yeah. Because uh, so often it's the the weird assumption that people in horror movies make that something has to be more haunted if it was built by people of color, yeah. which is really bad. And I like that this movie very much pushes for like, no, we're not going to do that because yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Modern <laughs> problems require yeah. mar- modern solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and, like, look at this shit. Yeah. They get the family out of the house and then the house. I love the son's line because it is such a scary concept as it starts like pulsating out with the energy throughout the whole little suburb and it like the fire hydrants are shooting water and fire yeah the gas lines are erupting and the sun says dad the house is coming for us yeah i love that yeah and then the house just collapses in on itself because well, uh, they're pulling out and then the oldest daughter pulls up in a different <laughs> car and she gets out and is just standing there screaming. And that's when the kid goes, the house is coming for you. Yeah, just yeah. go. Like, yeah. Forget her. Car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she jumps in. They drive away. And mm-hmm. that's when the boss is still looking. And it just goes and yeah. just sucks into itself. Which, because I'm me, it just makes me think of The Simpsons. But <laughs> that's how one of the tree houses of horror ends. And I think Homer has some line uh, that's like. Oh, there goes our resale value. <laughs> I've uh, never seen an episode of The Simpsons ever. Are you surprised we're doing a movie about an entire genre of film I've never seen? I, I just... I forget that you're younger than me. Because I, I did grow up in, in the 90s when The Simpsons was... Like, it's still around and popular now. But in the 90s, it was, like, ubiquitous. Like, you watched The yeah. Simpsons. See, like, I grew up with South Park. Yeah. I, I've seen, like, every episode of South Park up till recent seasons. Nice. Yeah, I... It's been really... Not to plug a giant corporation, because they definitely need this free advertisement, but Disney Plus has been great, because now every morning when I get up and get ready for work, I've just been watching The Simpsons. And it's literally the first time I've done that in 10 years. Morning cartoons. Yeah. That's amazing. It made me so happy because I just put on the shinning and I was like, yes. <laughs> Forget free advertisements for companies where Disney Plus is amazing. It's pretty great. I freaking, like, I just put on like the new Mickey Mouse shorts whenever I'm doing something. Oh, those I'm are so good. To, I love them so much. Sorry, watching the new DuckTales. It's so good. <laughs> Nelly and I, my wife and I were talking about uh, recently um, all the stuff with Scorsese and Marvel yeah. and whether or not he is correct in how he is calling him out and the way he is calling him out. And I kept saying, like, I don't agree with him and necessarily what he's saying about whether or not they're art. But I do agree that, like, there's this threat from Disney to creating a monoculture and doing real damage to cinema. And then Disney Plus, like, the day came that it came out. And I literally turned to my wife and went, well, I guess I just got to bend over and take it because I fucking want it. Like, (laughs) I stopped caring about all of that because guess what? Tron Legacy is online. (laughs) I can watch Johnny Tsunami. (gasps) Yes. Although... And this is a crime, hmm. and it upset me so much. Mm-hmm. Famous Jet Jackson is not on Disney oh. Plus, and I'm so mad. <laughs> that is a tragedy. That was my favorite Disney show. Not even the movie? Oh, of course I loved the movie. But No, I'm saying the movie's not even on I either? just typed in... Famous Jet Jackson. Famous Jet Jackson. I tried Famous Jet Jackson, Jet Jackson... 
famous jet nothing yeah. well you can watch johnny tsunami and enjoy the actor at I least do. brink is on there so that's nice yeah but i like brink i love all those so this has been this is that's, now a disney plus podcast to bring it all back <laughs> like i said i love disney channel movies this was a very yeah heartwarming Disney-esque movie. Yes. All, all of the like the spooky Disney Channel movies, the way they're structured, are trying to be poltergeist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But then the the only scene left to talk about is the my favorite joke in the whole movie. <laughs> I they, love it. When they show up in the motel, they're, they're all, all done. So tired. They're all they so all tired. So, even the little kids sell it so well. Yeah. Like barely dragging themselves into the room. <laughs> and then they close the door. It stays there for a second. The door opens again, and the dad pushes, pushes out, out the, the TV. TV, and then just closes the door again. I love it. <laughs> that that was my favorite joke of the whole movie. It's great. And then credits roll. Yeah, it's a perfect way to end that movie. Yeah, I think. Like, so. Don't think we forgot. It's just like a <laughs> the perfect. I'm too high for this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tim. Yes. <laughs> Go listen to our Halloween episode. Like we said uh, on a recent episode. You can't just jump in. There's a whole story here unfolding that you're missing yeah. out on. I'm learning to love these movies. <laughs> My arc is continuing. <laughs> Learn to love it. But uh, should we perhaps get into some of the making of this movie? Yes, I know this movie is very infamous for yes. the behind the scenes stuff. Um, we probably won't talk about what most people think of this movie as being infamous. The quote unquote poltergeist curse. Yeah. Um, which I think is... All right, this is where I'm going to get on my high horse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's gross. Yeah. Um, two people associated with this movie died very young, and mm-hmm. people just want to turn the tragic death of these two wonderful young actresses into an IMDb fun fact, and that bums me out. <sighs> so we're not going to play that game. Yeah. So moving on from that, yeah. behind the scenes, fun stuff, yeah. actual stuff that I'm like, good fun fact. Yeah. Well, just to touch on that for a second, like... I just know that's one one of the things I knew before getting into this is that the behind the scenes stuff is very dark. And I think that's why I was expecting the tone of the movie it's, to it, be very dark. It's not really, though. Um, it's much like the the fact that people only pick up on the scariest things about this movie to talk about because it's a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like Dead Meat actually did a great episode about cursed movies and mm. how that's not really like a thing and it's dumb to do that. Yeah. Um, because you can literally do that with any movie. Yeah. That would be like saying like, well, you know, I heard uh, the Star Wars curse. Alec Guinness never got anything to work after that cursed movie. You know, like yeah. that's basically what they're doing, except this time two people lost their lives yeah. well after the movie had come out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, yeah. that's, so like, I don't want to. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you. I, I was talking with my wife earlier. I was like, I'm going to bring it up and then I'm just going to nip it in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> first thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think it's important to talk about that. Yeah, that's messed up. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the stuff, be- actual behind the scenes stuff of this movie. Mm that happened while they were making this movie is so much more fascinating yeah. from uh, uh, the way that movies work. Yeah. The I- main thing that I want to talk about is who directed Poltergeist. Toby Hooper or Steven Spielberg. That is the great debate. Driving home from here. Cause I had a very, very long film day. <laughs> so that's why I'm a little loopy this episode. Uh, but I was driving and my coworker that I was talking about. I was like, ah, man, it's been such a long day and I have a podcast episode to record after this. 
uh, and mentioned Poltergeist, and he was like, oh yeah, Steven Spielberg did that, right? I was like, oh yeah, and Toby Hooper, I think. He's like, what? <laughs> he, did, he had no idea, he just, Steven oh. Spielberg, which, I mean, I didn't know uh, when uh, you mentioned it, I was like, the Texas Chainsaw guy? <laughs> Well, I think the the advertising for this movie did them no favors in in it in that 1982 was known as like the summer of Spielberg because within a week of each other, Poltergeist comes out and E.T. comes out and the thing and then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what else was that year? Um, there was another. Oh, uh, Blade Runner. Um, 1982 is a great year yeah and i think like then like immediately after like the next year um goonies and gremlins come out like spielberg was dominating not just as a director but as just a creative force in hollywood yeah because he had all these blank checks and he just started handing them out to other people Mm. which is really cool yeah but also that comes with some caveats um this movie was spielberg's concept spielberg co-wrote it um it was originally going to be um not a direct sequel, but set in the universe sequel to uh, Close Encounters, hmm. his uh, sci-fi alien movie. His whole pitch when he pitched it to Toby Hooper, because he loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Funhouse, which just makes me so happy that Spielberg was like, oh, you know, it's a really good movie. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Um, no, Steven Spielberg like, actually loves movies. Which I yeah. Love. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's nice when the people who like dominate the field actually care about the field that they're dominating. I love Spielberg so much. (laughs) He pitches it to him and he's like, oh, it'll be about um, the same race of aliens looking in on this family and accidentally we'll find out by the end accidentally wreaking havoc on them. But until we find out that it wasn't intentional, that they were just like thought they were like running a study on this family and seeing how they would react to these things. It's a horror movie. So it's this weird sci-fi horror movie with aliens and set piece after set piece. And Toby Hoover says, I have no interest in aliens, but thank you. Mm. What if it was ghosts, though? Mm. I'm a horror movie guy. Make it ghosts. And Spielberg yeah. says, OK. <laughs> That's amazing. Because really, like until the end of this, like if at the end of this movie, instead of crumpling in on itself, the house got sucked up into a UFO. Would you have been surprised? I mean, I, I think that would have been where I'm like, huh? Yeah, I mean, with weird. the ghosts walking down the steps, it would have just been they see an alien, you know, yeah. like it's like more this movie, straightforward. Yeah, this movie makes almost kind of makes more sense if it's aliens. Yeah. Like now that I know that. Yeah. So then depending on who you believe, then Spielberg was contractually obligated through his E.T. contract to not direct another movie for all of 1982 because mm-hmm. they wanted to be able to say we have the movie that Spielberg directed and they gave him on unrivaled control and a huge budget and he made one of the best movies of all time never seen et et's really good we should watch it sometime <laughs> not for the podcast yeah. but just because <laughs> it's good yeah. um supposedly he wanted to direct this but couldn't because of that hmm. and Hooper, depending on who you believe hooper knew that and so let spielberg essentially use his name on this movie hmm. but was not the director Unless you talk to almost anyone involved with this movie who doesn't want to, for some reason, talk shit on Toby Hooper, including Steven Spielberg himself, who has said multiple times that was Toby's movie. I was very hands on as a producer, sometimes perhaps too hands on, but it was Toby's movie. But then there's stuff like it is not untrue that Spielberg 
was the person who dealt directly with the editor of the movie and with mm. Jerry Goldsmith while he was doing the score. Yeah. Which, I mean, really, movies are made in the editing. Yeah. So, like, it, it's tough. I feel like it's just they both... Cause I, it felt I think they very, co-directed it, basically. Yeah, I think so. Because, like I said, I was worried about the tone shifting of it being Spielberg and then all Toby Hooper, but it was a good mixture. Yeah, well... Uh, apparently toby hooper even the people who say like no definitely he was the one who directed it he was the one on set every day he was the one telling the actors what to do say though that like whenever spielberg was around he did kind of defer to spielberg Hmm. but at the same time if steven spielberg walked up and told me matt you're drinking that water wrong i'd be like how would you like me to do it sir (laughs) it would i mean if i was toby hooper i was directing a movie and steven spielberg was on set yeah, I'll ask him. What, he's like an amazing yeah. filmmaker. Well, I'll be like, hey, what do you think of this? What Spielberg said was like, Hooper is kind of a a timid guy, basically. Mm. And he's not always the first person to jump forward with an idea. So oftentimes I would be the one going, oh, what if we did this? Yeah. And then that's what we would do. Yeah. Which is not the same thing as directing. So it's fine. Yeah. It's collaboration. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like the stuff you hear about like um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, where when... Mm. Tim Burton was there, they would say, like, so Henry, what do you want us to do? And he would say, oh, you know, I'm not sure. Tim, what do you think? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Of course, this very hands on, talented director is your producer. Yeah. You might just be like, what do you think we should do? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I get it. Because as a giant animation nerd, I'm, and Coraline being my favorite movie ever, I get upset that people don't know Henry Selick as the director of Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Because, like, Henry Selleck's amazing. So, but like they have that thing of, oh, it's Tim Burton. Oh, it's Steve Spielberg, right? Like, right. They don't even realize that they worked on it. Yeah. Which sucks. Well, and a lot of that's like the studio. Like this movie was literally advertised as Steven Spielberg's poltergeist, essentially. Yeah. Uh, That's why it's important Um, to me that we recognize names of the people that like worked on the movie it it just is and toby hoover was so underrated as a director uh, partly because of this movie Mm. this movie is a huge hit but because of all the stuff going on behind the scenes with the the directing credit including at one point having to be investigated by the director's guild to because they were like oh well maybe you did violate your contract and maybe the wrong person is being credited Mm. because in hollywood you know if you're not getting credited you're not yeah forwarding your career so it's very important. They looked into it, said Hooper was definitely the director, but still the fact that all that happened kind of like held Hooper back a lot. Mm. And that gets into what I promised you was going to be my fun, fun fact this week. I told you last week. Oh yeah. So Toby Hooper can't really find work, but he does find work with the Canon film group who are notorious for making some really, really bad movies. Uh. really really cheaply like superman 4 the quest for peace uh. um breaking two electric boogaloo things like that there's a great documentary all about them that is, is fucking awesome mm. they're basically why chuck norris had a career <laughs> um, they go to him and they say well you just made the biggest movie of all time well you should come make movies for us get under a picture a uh, four picture deal for us and he says well if you're willing to fund my movies yeah and the two passion projects he wants to do are a remake of a movie called Invaders from Mars, mm, yeah. which he did as like a sci-fi horror comedy. Yeah. And he wants to do a movie called Life Force, which is bad but fascinating about space vampires. Did you say force? 
Oh, Steve. Steve, stop Toby. He's doing it again. Uh, <laughs> and Cannon's conditions are that he has to direct two for them. Hmm. So he has to do finally do a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's which the, is great. Yeah, because I remember you said that one was like done like many years later. Ten years later, 1984. Yeah. Like, and he changes the genre by making it a horror comedy, and I yeah. love it. And the other one that never comes to fruition after uh, different buyouts, different you know backroom deals, I assume. Somehow Canon gets the rights to your and I favorite superhero. We almost saw in the 80s Toby Hooper's Spider-Man. Are you kidding me? No. And he didn't really want to make it, but... Uh, he just wanted to make these two movies that were like big passion projects for him. And he knew how notoriously tough to work with the canon group was. Yeah. So like literally it starts off like they did with every movie apparently. Oh, you're, this is going to be, you know, an effects extravaganza, $10 million. You know, that script is looking pricey. Change it and we'll make it 8 million. Change it again and we'll do it for two. <laughs> we could have seen Toby Hoover's Spider-Man. It would have been him versus Doc Ock. Apparently they were really going to lean in on like the body horror of having these metal arms fused to you. Oh my God. Yeah. We didn't. Why don't we have that? <laughs> Doesn't Damn that it. sound awesome? That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, at least we got Sam Raimi. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's funny that it makes sense that they kind of just going to get into my love of the Spider-Man franchise real quick. As you should. It is. I always say Spider-Man's not my favorite superhero. He's my favorite thing in pop culture. <laughs> but uh, in trying to make it, they go after Toby Hooper and then they after him. It's one of the, like the directors of a Friday the 13th sequel. And then it's at one point going to be James Cameron, who we think of as, oh, yeah, James Cameron. He makes the biggest movies of all time. Mm. But he started off as like a weird B horror movie guy, too. Mm. And then it goes to Sam Raimi, who makes weird B horror movies. It's just so like weird that Spider-Man. They're like, yeah, no, it's got to be a guy who makes horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why do you think that is? Uh, I actually th I think it was Patrick H. Willems on uh, YouTube uh, on his channel. He had a fascinating video that um, all the best blockbuster directors come from horror. Because mm. I mean, like you kind of run down the list like Steven Spielberg, Jaws, George Lucas, THX 133 kind of has a weird sci fi horror vibe to it and the dystopian imagery. Sam Raimi and Evil Dead. I mean, even Zack Snyder's first movie was Dawn of the Dead, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Um, the gentleman who made Shazam that we were talking about earlier, loving it so much, comes from horror. He made Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. Huh. Yeah. Uh, James Wan, who did The Fast and the Furious and Aquaman, created, you know, Saw, Insidious and The yeah. Conjuring. So what you're saying is we're going to become master director filmmakers when we make the Bobby Shorts movie. Yeah, Bobby we, Shorts. That we talked about on Friday the 13th. <laughs> Bobby Shorts and the Vodka Lime Spritzer. It's going to be a hit. <laughs> then we'll be making the next Star Wars trilogy in Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be the next Russo Brothers. We'll be the Sports Boys. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> right, real quick at the uh, close here, I just want to say I believe I said the wrong name of a different actress earlier for the name of the mother. Her her name is Joe Beth Williams. I don't remember whose name I said, but it was not hers. <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> just just say her name. 
Joe Beth Williams. I'll try to cut that in <laughs> to cover that up. If I can't, this will be left in. <laughs> no, now you have to say it and just say it as flat as you can. Joe Beth Williams and edit it in earlier. Joe Beth Williams. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We fixed it. The problem is solved. Mm-hmm. We forgot to do this last week. How are we tying this to Tarantino? I mean, Spielberg... Yeah, there's got to be movie being I mean, so big. We could just use our Texas Chainsaw links because of Toby Hooper, but let's challenge ourselves. And I don't want to keep thinking about From Dusk Till Dawn. Because <laughs> it's just too good. How can you handle it? Boy, Matt, I love talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go Craig T. Nelson. Uh, Mr. Incredible. Uh, Jason Lee's in The Bobby. Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's, he's Syndrome. Syndrome, yeah. Kevin Smith is friends oh with Quentin God. Tarantino. We're bringing up Ferdinand um, on and Kevin. Smith. I'm going to do. We're not making an episode twenty. We're not doing this podcast anymore. <laughs> it's tough because I think Craig T. Nelson is more of a TV guy, but he's like the only person from this movie that I really know very well as an actor. I mean, are, did anybody else actually like act in more stuff? Oh, Zelda Rubenstein is in a ton of stuff. Joe oh, Beth yeah. Williams is. Like a, an actress who I'm not super familiar with her work, but she's still around working. Oh, the way the little girl looks at the TV screen with the static. That's how I look, look at Tarantino movies. I feel like that's just what Tarantino does at night. <laughs> the movies are over. <laughs> the movies are talking to me. They're here. <laughs> here you go. We tied it to Tarantino. You're welcome. Bruce, Bruce, come here. <laughs> come look at this. All right, but seriously, Craig T. Nelson to Jason Lee to Matt Damon in Dogma to Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven to Quentin Tarantino. I did it. My head hurts. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? The six degrees is always easy for you. You're such a burden. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who always does it. Yeah, sure. Tarantino, we did it. Yeah, and this movie, I love it. Uh, It's just a good time. Yeah. And I'm glad we we got to have this this time together, Zach. (laughs) We're both so tired. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this time together. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I was expecting this movie to be... Because, like I've said before, going into Ghost Month, uh, that's the type of movies I don't like because it relies on the... Oh, spooky. Uh, something's <laughs> yeah. gonna get you. And I just get bored. Like the but movie when it's good, that's good. Yeah. Well, like the, that's what I was expecting going into this. But so far, it's two out of two. Love yeah. Cane Man, love Poultry Guys. It's great. Yeah. I think there's only one movie that we've watched that I don't like. And uh, I'm tired of talking about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, so far, all these movies have been great. And uh, so, uh, yeah. where, where can everybody find you, Zach? Uh, Zach Strick on Instagram and ZachStrick.com. Where can they find you? You can find me as I Draw Paintings on just about everything or on my Facebook page, Matt Mears. And go to our YouTube channel, Supermoon Exclamation, if, if you want to watch us draw the drawing. Matt. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, it, Matt did the ghost thing and I haven't drawn mine yet, so maybe Ooh, it's I'm good. I'm curious to see what it is. We it's don't a fun, know. exquisite corpse exercise. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, and uh, and make sure to follow us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
We're on all those. Matt yes. makes Zach watch horror movies. Yeah. And uh, and uh, be sure to tune in next week when we're watching oh, a yeah. film uh, by a director and the film itself also that I think are very indebted to the tone of Pol- not the tone but some of the pacing <laughs> and things of uh, Poltergeist. Are we about uh, to watch another Disney movie? I don't think that one looks like it. <laughs> Join us next week when we watch a movie very deeply indebted to Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. How's that? Sure. Uh, we're watching James Wan's The Conjuring. I'm very scared that that's going to be the type of horror movie where I'm like, uh, uh you'll be surprised cuz it's that but it's the best version of it. Okay. So, we'll like it 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 works. Tune in next week. Yes. <laughs> on the thrilling conclusion of Tune Sports in next Boys. Week. <laughs> Sports Boys. <laughs> this has really gone off the rails. <laughs> We're tired, guys. All right, wrap us up for your All sake. Right. And on that note, this house is clean. <laughs> <laughs>